a man thought his wife was going deaf, so he decided to set up an experiment. He stood in the doorway to the kitchen while his wife was sitting on the couch facing away from him and reading something, and he said, sweetie, what's for dinner? He didn't hear anything, so he walked a few paces closer. Sweetie, what's for dinner? Still nothing. Got up right behind her, and he said for a third time, sweetie, what's for dinner? For the third time, tacos! All I have to say is I resemble that remark. (laughs) And between her deaf dad and her deaf husband for 20 years, my wife told me the other day she has always had Taco Man in her house. (laughs) What can I say? Men often lose our hearing for one reason or another, and I lay the blame for mine firmly on the fact that I had lots of ear infections and I had tubes put in my ears all over the place, and they're pretty well scarred. But one thing that I am absolutely positively assured of is I never suffer from the problem of selective hearing. (laughs) What? (laughs) Selective hearing is a problem that everyone needs to deal with. Raise your hand if you've ever had to struggle with that yourself. Jesus dealt with selective hearing when he was talking to the religious elite in Israel. Paul, then Jesus' friend, dealt with it when he was speaking to the hardened philosophical elite in Greece. Christians today deal with it when speaking to hardened cultural progressives in the U.S. And Donna deals with it every time she speaks to me at home. It was because of this perennial and pernicious problem that Jesus spoke in parables. Selective hearing is why Jesus spoke in parables. Jesus used parables both to woo and to judge. Choose to hear or you will lose your ears. Make certain that you are listening when the Word of God is spoken or you may just lose your ability to hear God's Word at all. Choose to hear when God is speaking or you will be judged for not hearing. Choose to hear or you will lose your ears. Tonight, as we go through the first half of Matthew 13, yes, after not quite a year absence from Matthew, we are getting back into it. We will see why Jesus spoke in parables to those who were outside of his immediate circle of disciples. And we will also look at how this parable speaking worked out in a very particular example of the parable of the soils. But before we get there, we need to understand what the parables are about. What is a parable? Well, a parable is simply a earthly picture that's used to, cre- to communicate truth relating to God's rule on earth. 
Jesus used an earthly picture because He wants you and me to understand a little bit more about how God's rule on earth actually happens. The Sunday school answer that you all have known probably longer than I've been alive is that a parable is an earthly story with a heavenly meaning. William Barclay was a little more specific when he said this. He said, Jesus' parables were designed to make one stabbing truth flash out at a person the moment that he heard it. One stabbing truth. But I think the best definition I read is that a parable is a metaphor or a simile drawn from nature or common life Arresting the hearer by its vividness or strangeness. Um, and leaving the mind in sufficient doubt about its precise application to tease it into active thought. Jesus wants to leave our minds in sufficient doubt to tease it. Gently call it to give it a little taste, to bring it into thinking about what is it that Jesus is trying to say. So let's read the most extensive explanation Jesus gives of His use of the parables, and then we'll go back to the parable of the soils in a moment. Let's start with reading verses 10 and 11. When the disciples came and said to Him, Why do you speak to them in parables? He answered them, To you it has been given to know the secrets of the kingdom of heaven, but to them it has not been given. Jesus begins His explanation of the parables answering the why question. The disciples are given to know the secrets of the kingdom of heaven. That's what the parables are all about. Being given the secrets of the kingdom of heaven. Of heaven. Now next week, we are going to spend a whole Sunday night talking about what the kingdom of heaven is. And then in February, after we get back from all the things that are going to happen, we will get back into finishing Matthew 13. Before we can get to the what question, the disciples ask and Jesus answers the why. Now, this is remarkable. This, this is, it sounds like just a normal verse in Matthew 13, but this is actually a remarkable passage. First of all, the secrets must be revealed. You cannot get them on your own. You can't do a seance. You can't ask some you know, spiritual person and, and find out. They must be revealed from the Father. The second is, this revelation is given to some, but the revelation of the secrets of the kingdom of heaven is not given to all. For those who are not given this revelation, they cannot have it. My friends, this is a powerful argument for the doctrine of election. God choosing those who will be out His out of a world as a whole. Jesus goes even further than that. For to the one who has, more will be given, and he will have an abundance. But the one who has not, even what he has will be taken away. Not only must God give you this revelation, but those who hear some revelation and refuse to listen, even what they have will be taken away from them. 
That's a hard saying. Choose to hear or you will lose your ears. I think perhaps of what Paul said about every man, woman, and child in Romans chapter 1. For what can be known about God is plain to the unrighteous because God has shown it to them. For His invisible attributes, namely His eternal power and His divine nature, have been clearly perceived ever since the creation of the world in the things which have been made. So they are without excuse. The world around us is without excuse. Paul says His eternal nature and His eternal power and His divine nature are clearly seen. Everyone everywhere is without excuse because enough revelation has been given to convict us. Everyone is heard. But instead of responding appropriately to this revelation, what they have is taken away from them. Because not everyone listens. Instead, by their unrighteousness, they suppress the truth. Choose to hear, or you will lose your ears. Jesus repeats Himself to make Himself clear in verse 13. He says, This is why I speak to them in parables, because seeing they do not see, and hearing they do not hear, nor do they understand. Indeed, in their case, the prophecy of Isaiah, Isaiah is fulfilled that says, You will indeed hear, but never understand. You will indeed see, but never perceive. For because this people's heart has grown dull and their, with their ears they can barely hear and their eyes they have closed lest they should see with their eyes and hear with their ears and understand with their heart and turn and I would heal them. Now, I want you to note the reason they cannot understand. It says clearly the people's heart has grown dull. They did not want to hear. And because their ears won't or can't hear, and their eyes they have closed, God sovereignly acts and now He won't allow them to turn and be healed. Not an easy message to hear, is it? God is sovereign. God elects. God predestined. God chooses. And you and I are responsible for the choices that you and I make to listen or not. Spurgeon was asked to reconcile this conundrum of God choosing and us also having a choice. His response was, I never try to reconcile friends. This is a truth that we cannot get to the bottom of. Maybe even in eternity. But they're both true. And they are both on display in this passage. As with everywhere in God's Word, God doesn't give us information to satisfy our curiosity. I mean, haven't you ever read a passage and thought, Lord, could I just have one more sentence here so that I can understand what's going on? Am I the only one who's had that thought before? One more sentence. But what does God do? 
God doesn't give us all the information that we need to satisfy our curiosity. But God tells us truth to change my heart. God gives you truth to change your heart. F.V. Filson puts it this way, Jesus used parables not only to illustrate and clarify. That's what we very often think of about parables. But also to capture the imagination. To direct the will. And to lead to obedience. My friends, don't miss this. There is a moral requirement to understanding the parables. Yes, you need to be able to understand an English sentence. But you can understand an English sentence or whatever language you're reading the Bible in. And if you're not willing to obey, you will not understand. That is why, therefore, a parable is a judgment. It is a means of declaring that a hearer has made him or herself unworthy of hearing the Word of God. There is a moral requirement to understanding a parable. Therefore, that is why a parable is also a blessing. It is a grace. It is a means of inviting those who wish to listen an opportunity to sit at the feet of Jesus. And just like Mary, the hearer has chosen this good portion and it will not be taken away from her. You and I must choose to listen when we hear. And that is why Jesus in Mark tells us to be careful how you hear. Pay attention to what you hear. For with the measure that you use, it will be measured to you and still more will be added to you. Do you turn from God's Word to turn to some other means of getting entertainment or some other means of hearing God or God's or whatever else is out there? then that is what, how it will be measured back to you. Instead, open your ears to hearing the Word of the Lord and you will be rewarded. If you listen, here's the moral requirement, if you listen, desiring more, desiring to hear what God has to say, desiring to obey, Lord, I believe. Help my unbelief. If that is the, the measure with which you are listening to Jesus when you're reading these parables that sometimes just don't make a whole lot of sense, God will respond and He will pour measures of grace in you. If, on the other hand, you merely let your eyes flit over the page of your Bible, then whatever you get out of your legalistic checky boxes from reading God's Word, that's what you're going to get. And maybe you'll get a little brownie button to put on your chest. But the point is, if merely doing your duty is what you want, that's what Jesus is going to give you. But if you peer into the text, if you long to get into the text, if you say, Lord, I don't understand this. Help me understand this. Then you will be rewarded by added grace. Now, perhaps not all at once. Because I dare say, every single person in this room has read God's Word and walked away thinking, oh my goodness, Lord, I just don't know what that means. 
It happens. There are difficult passages in Scripture. And there are plenty of days that I don't get goosebumps when I'm reading Scripture. That may say more about me than I want to admit. But growth comes to babies and growth comes to lovers of Jesus one little increment at a time. It comes in baby steps. Beware anybody who says to you, these are five easy steps to Christian maturity. Because you'll get that. It's all over our airwaves and all too often in our pews. There are no five easy steps to becoming a mature Christian. As Benji, Pastor Benji likes to say, there's no sanctification pill. But there is the slow, steady walk of obedience and a willingness to hear what God is saying to you and obey. Are you going to get it right every time? Of course not. That's not what Jesus is after. He's after a heart that says, yes, Lord. Now, I want to look at an illustration that of, I think, exactly what Jesus is talking about. And it comes from John chapter 6. This is one of the most difficult passages in Scripture. So I want to see how Jesus deals with it. In John chapter 6, verse 54, he says, Whoever feeds on my flesh and drinks my blood has eternal life, and I will raise him up on the last day. Boy, at one level, that's just disgusting. I mean, have you ever thought about Wow. Obviously, however, Jesus is being parabolic. I don't think he's telling a parable, but he's parabolic. And those who did not want to hear, those who did not want to listen and find out Jesus' explanation, this is a hard saying. Who can listen to it? And many left because they did not wish to understand God's Word. Not a bit surprised, And wishing to make a powerful point, Jesus turned to His disciples and asked them, do you want to leave too? Peter got it right this time, always opening his mouth. Lord, to whom shall we go? You have the words of eternal life. And we have believed and have come to know. Notice what's going on. What is the requisite for coming to know? Believing. Wishing to understand and know God's Word. That is what is required. And he says, we have believed and we have come to know that you are the Holy One of God. But still you have people, this is a hard saying. Or more likely today, this is some closed-minded, intolerant, anti-choice, whatever. Fill in your own blank there. My friends, the reason the parables are in God's Word is because Jesus wants to give those people who are out there who want to find an excuse to put their hand up and turn their face away from Jesus an opportunity to do so. You want an excuse to turn away from Jesus? Well, here you go. Drink my blood and eat my flesh. You don't have to listen. You can choose to walk away. And my friends, this is the judgment aspect of the parables. This is why 
the parables are a judgment against those who refuse to listen. You will be judged if you hear, but you don't want to listen. The parables were a judgment against those who did not wish to submit. And my friends, the parables are a grace. They are a blessing. They are rich. They are so full of the marrow of the bones. They are honey to the soul that hears and longs to learn so that they can know God better. And as they know God better, they will therefore love Him and trust Him more. If your thing is homosexual marriage or if your thing is murdering babies in the womb, then when Christians come and start talking about what is plainly true or about justice for the most plainly innocent people in the world, then you can simply choose to walk away. Or, you can pick up stones and throw them at us because that is what increasingly the world is doing to us. But note, Jesus told us that this would happen. Do not think that I have come into the world to bring peace on earth. I have not come to bring peace, but a sword. And Jesus spoke in parables because He wanted to draw people closer to Him. It is as if they said, Lord, we have no idea what You're talking about, but please help me. Draw me close because You have the words of eternal life, said Peter. And this is the revelation aspect of the parables. This is the grace. Choose to hear or you will lose your ears. And as we see from Jesus' Word, it is the Father through the Spirit who reveals the words of the Son. The sign that you are among the elect is that you want to hear. That you want to listen. Not that you understand every single thing that you hear. Not that you obey every single time you are given a command. But that you long to hear. My friends, my hope that I will stand in heaven one day is not because I laid on my bed when I was 17 years old and asked Jesus into my heart. It wasn't a couple months later when I was 18 and I got baptized. My hope that I'm going to be in heaven is not because I've gone to church now 27 years or whatever it is. My hope is because Jesus has given me the Holy Spirit and He puts in within me a longing. Jesus, I sinned again. Forgive me. Draw me back into Your presence. And it's this willingness to hear that, is, that, that, that keeps me coming back. And I say, Lord, praise be the God of my salvation. Therefore, Jesus continues, blessed are your eyes for they see and your ears for they hear. For truly I say to you, many prophets and righteous people longed, desired to hear, to see what you see and did not see it, to hear what you hear and did not hear it. Now, you can rest assured, if my wife says tacos are on the table, there will be no mislistening by me if those melodious words enter into my ear and go through my auditory nerve into my brain. You can be positive I will respond. Now, 
There's no guarantees that the words are more along the lines, why didn't you do? Selective hearing happens to all. But for those who are elect, for those who are given revelation and grace instead of judgment, we, those of us in the New Testament times, are blessed with more knowledge of God than anyone before us. And you and I must respond to the knowledge that we have been given. We must act. We must use God's Word to know God better so that we will therefore love Him and trust Him more. And to whom much has been given, much will be expected. Lord, save us. Because if that is true in Luke 12, what is going to be the end of most of the 21st century United States that has been given so much and has rejected it? Pray for your family. Pray for your neighbors that they will choose to hear so that they will not lose their ears. Now we're ready to go to the first parable in chapter 13. Jesus gives us this parable starting in verse 1. The same day Jesus went out of the house and sat down by the sea and great crowds gathered about him so that he got into the boat and sat down and the whole crowd stood on the beach and he told them many things in parables saying, this is the third of Matthew's five preaching times. Preaching passages. And Matthew gives a preamble in each one of these so that we know, okay, I'm giving you kind of a summary of what it was Jesus taught about. And in Matthew 13, he's specifically talking about the parables. If you go to Luke and you go to Mark, you'll find these parables are scattered all over the place but Matthew wants us to get a flavor of his preaching. He continues, A sower went out to sow, and as he sowed, some seeds fell along the path, and the birds came and devoured them. Other seeds fell on the rocky ground, where they did not have much soil, and immediately they sprang up, since they had no depth of soil. But when the sun rose, they were scorched, and since they had no root, they withered away. Other seeds fell among the thorns, and the thorns grew up and choked them. Other seeds fell on the good soil and produced grain, some a hundredfold, some sixty, and some thirty. He who has ears to hear, let him hear. Now this is actually a straightforward enough parable. Everyone in Jesus' culture would have been familiar with the very plain meaning of this text. And Jesus includes the words, he who has ears to hear, let him hear. In other words, my friends, this can be a judgment for you or it can be a blessing for you. There is both judgment and grace. There is warning and there is glorious revelation. That is why you and I must choose to hear or we will lose our ears. But the exact spiritual application of these words were and are not readily apparent. Now, you and I are used to hearing this parable. We've heard it a bunch of times. And so we already know where Jesus is going with this. But imagine you are one of the thick-headed disciples that we in fact all are. And you need to go to Jesus and ask what on earth He's talking about. So let's find out what Jesus says. He says, When anyone hears the word of the kingdom and does not understand it, the evil one comes and snatches away what is sown in his heart. That 
is this is what was sown along the path. In other words, choose to hear or you will lose your ears. Verse 20, As for what was sown on the rocky ground, this is the one who hears the Word and immediately receives it with joy, yet he has no root in himself, but endures a while. And when tribulation and persecution arises on account of the Word, immediately he falls away. Choose to hear or you will lose your ears. As for what was sown among the thorns, this is the one who hears the word, but the cares of the world and the deceitfulness of riches choke the word, and it proves unfruitful. Choose to hear, or you will lose your ears. As for what was sown on the good soil, this is the one who hears the word and understands it. He indeed bears fruit and yields, in one case a hundredfold, in another sixty, and in another thirty. That is why we must choose to hear so that we don't lose our ears. Now, the common denominator in this parable is the seed. Jesus defines the seed as the word of the kingdom. Again, stay tuned. Next week, we'll get to what it means to be the, the kingdom of God or the kingdom of heaven. The numerator, in keeping with the math analogy, and yes, I did remember numerator and denominator. I didn't have to look it up. The numerator in this parable are the various soils. Some soils are prepared to receive the seed. Other soils are unprepared to receive the seed. The seed, the word of the kingdom, is the same. It's the soils that is the hearts of those to whom the seed comes that is different. For those soils who refuse to hear the word of the kingdom, even what they have is taken away. Note, Satan comes and steals it. And in John 15, Jesus tells us that for those who choose to hear what those people are rewarded with much fruit. Fruit like overflowing and abundant joy. Fruit like being the instrument of bringing God glory. Fruit like being a means of the growth of the kingdom of God. That is why, my friends, you and I must choose to hear. And once... Jesus fills in the blank, so to speak. What is apparent is that God casts His Word broadly. Everyone has a chance to hear as Paul testified in Romans chapter 1, but not everyone listens. This Word is not universally received. It is the soil. It is the hearts of those who wish to cling to their sin rather than leave it because they know, they, they sense, they, they understand that the good news commands us to leave those sins behind. The good news means death to self. And if all you have is self, you don't want to give it up. But the good news means life to the one who is willing to die. Why did Jesus speak in parables? Like a sword that cuts in two ways, the parables do so as well. The first way it cuts is that the parables are a judgment. If you don't care to listen, you will be judged for hearing what you should have responded to in your listening. The second way it cuts is that the parables are a grace. If you want to know what this is all about, then you will take the time and effort to ask Jesus or ask brothers and sisters who have walked further down the road than you have. And then, the parables will prove a revelation. 
the mercy and grace that is necessary for our souls to be saved and for our souls to grow. How does election fit into this? God elects some to respond and He passes over those who do not respond. And your response and mine is a demonstration that you are in fact elect. And no, I don't want to reconcile friends. Your job, so to speak, with regards to the parables is to read them and to pray for insight. Your job, so to speak, with regards to the parables is to incorporate the insights into the kingdom of God into your life so that you are becoming the man or woman of God that you really want to be and that God created you to be. Choose to hear so that you will not lose your ears. And Lord, we ask that Your Holy Spirit would come and would open our ears so that we would hear, that we would not cling to our ear lids, but we would cling to the hope that the Holy Spirit is able to open even my heart so that I will grow and become more and more the man that You have created me to be. Bless my brothers and sisters here so that we will truly be a blessing. In Jesus' name, Amen.